Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and in this episode, we're going to be talking to Kingman Inc. owner Kelly Kingman. Um, If you don't know Kelly, well, you're going to love her. Um, She is an online entrepreneur who started out writing first for a lot of online publications for her own pro blogger. She's well known in the online marketing space, and she's the creator of sticky ebooks. But what you don't know is that her journey over the last several years since 2009, when she first jumped into the world of entrepreneurship has changed quite a bit and it's fluctuated um, between self-employment and then taking projects at actual what other people would consider day jobs. And I was excited to just catch up with her, of course, but I also wanted to give you a peek into yet another path that is possible when you're an entrepreneur. It's not just about um, having the blog post, releasing an info product, doing your social media. There's so much more that you can do. And she's going to talk about her current business and and her current passion, which is graphic recording. And if you've ever seen um, people at the front of a presentation doing um, this big drawing, essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm making it so simplified. But if you've ever seen that, that's what Kelly does. So I want you to jump in and listen to our conversation and hopefully you'll get to see another side of the entrepreneur's life. I got this inkling that something like I was focusing a lot on writing, but if we go in the way back machine, my whole career of all the jobs that I've had offline, online, whatever, um, I've kind of ping ponged between visual and verbal modes of communication. Mm-hmm. So I actually was, had some background in graphic design and photography and art direction. And so, and then when I, I actually lost my job in 2009, I was at a magazine and started focusing on copywriting and writing and con- and we connected on uh, around ebooks and writing and I was helping people put together, you know, package their ideas in a in a written form. Right. But I always had this kind of like nagging feeling like I need to bring the two together somehow, which is why I loved teaming up with Pamela because she had the design piece and I was like, "Yes, no more crappy looking ebooks, please. Like let's get these words into, you know, a format that helps people understand them better. And like that all made perfect sense. Um, and so then I guess it was about, oh, wow, was it only like a year and a half ago? <laughs> Two, <laughs> it isn't uh, that long ago. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> my friends, it's just, it's adorable. Like, you know, people I haven't run into in a while are like, oh, how many careers have you had in the last like oh, geez, 18 no. months? <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry, can I, just, I just stop I, and say that I, I, hate, collect, I hate that? But I, collect. I, col- I collect them. That's what I just say now. <laughs> oh, I just like, I'm racking up badges. Um, it's because I just, you know, we have lots of interests. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I, so I was like looking for this, this visual piece. And then I started to notice, um, I think it was almost two years ago when I first talked to Pamela, I was like, you know, we don't have time really to consume all of the written content that's being produced. And we have, we were starting to see Pinterest and Instagram and like these things, the rise of the visual in social media. I'm like, this is it. This is like the intersection I want to be at. And she and I started working on visual buzz uh, 101, which is a program that's available now that she and I produced. And that's a whole nother story. But, um, in the beginning stages of that, I also, um, connected with a company that does something called graphic recording. 
And graphic recording, um, some people who've been to South by Southwest or some conference, techie conferences, might have seen the people who stand up at the front of the room and draw while people talk on these big white foam core boards. Um, And that's graphic recording. It actually started more internally in meetings and workshops that people were doing kind of um, inside companies or with consultants. Um, And it's sort of become this event thing. But I saw that when I first found out it was a thing, I was like, I want to do that, but I didn't have any time to like pursue it. And then I connected with um, a company based in Brooklyn that actually staffs graphic recorders and they were looking for people who wanted to learn how to do it. So I was like, okay, when when someone (laughs) drops an opportunity like that in your lap, you're just like, you know, like one, there are like two companies, maybe three in the US who actually hire people to do this. And it was just too good of an opportunity to, oh. to refuse. And so I, I kind of launched into that world. I actually, um, the company's image think they're based in Brooklyn. And I, I was able to bring a lot of, because it was a small business, I was able to bring a lot of my online marketing and, and, you know, I did their blog and a lot of social media and, and kind of like invented my own role with them, which was awesome. And mm. they sent me on all these jobs and I got a, you know, ton of experience in, I kind of just jumped in and, and learned mostly through doing, but, um, so that was sort of the adventure of, you know, August, 2012 to last August. And then I started my own company doing graphic recording, which I'm now thrilled to report is doing really well. So that's amazing. That's the, that's a fast journey. Yes. But that's the last couple of years. So, you know, the South by Southwest, did you, have you ever seen, I feel like it's a TED talk. It's from the doodle. It's called doodle or something like that. It's um, uh, Sunny Brown. Yeah, do- yeah, yeah. Doodlers unite. Yeah. I'm now friends with Sunny because this field is like super tiny. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, everybody knows everybody. <laughs> it's really funny. Okay. It's so a, yeah, it's called doodlers unite. And I highly recommend everybody go find that TED talk. It's brilliant. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link to it below. Cause I think I, I'm pretty sure that I, saw that. And I, and, and you know what, I'm just now thinking like you, did you just, did, did you mention this while we were live or did you mention it before that like you just have a habit of going into things that you really want to do, but you don't necessarily know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I think it was a little bit before we officially started. It was, (laughs) I have this kind of inkling. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I've never like lied in a job interview. That's not what I mean, but I, I definitely learn by doing. And Mm -hmm. I am a big fan and I've tried to help everyone. And when I'm in a consulting capacity, you know, kind of like fire, aim, aim, aim as actually that's, that's a phrase Pace Smith uses a lot. And when she said that, I was like, Oh, that's what I do. I like kind of, I don't bluff anything exactly, but I, I just, you know, I jump in. And so I've actually, when I became a, yeah, a photo editor, um, it was for a small newspaper and I, I was honest, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience, but I was willing to learn and try and, and take a little less pay probably <laughs> because of it. But, um, you know, and then once you jump in and do something and you learn it and then you can build on that. And so that's the kind of attitude I had towards jobs. And then when I lost my job in 2009, I was like, well, you know, here we go. Like, there's nothing for it. I have to have to figure this, this whole income thing out. So that was kind of, that was a little more, you know, you have out of necessity, but I, I definitely feel, 
I feel like people shouldn't, you know, worry. I mean, you should worry about whether you're qualified to do something if it's like people are at risk. But I think, you know, yeah, exactly. But I, I do like most of us just need to go and do something, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I'm the same way. You know what? I mean, the, I think you probably know this, but like I, I had just taken Pilates, but I hadn't taught it and I was not mm. a movement professional or a fitness sure. professional, but I just decided, yeah, I'm going to learn how to teach that. And you just, nice. and, and I think that there, there's like actually a skill in that learning right. thing. Like once yeah. you figure out how, figure out how to figure out stuff, then you yes. don't even, you kind of un- subconscious or unconsciously rather like just know how to learn stuff. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, and that's how we learn. We learn. I mean, that's how you're going to remember is when you learn through doing. And I was in pretty creative, you know, industries like I was in um, advertising and publishing and things that were it was more like developing a voice or a uh, aesthetic or, you know, I had to train my eye to like to kind of recognize what a good photo look was, you know, because I was looking at hundreds of them. So, of course, the good ones start to just stand out, you know, like things like that where it's more subjective criteria, you know, like, and obviously, yeah, like you, you definitely learning how to learn or learning how to tolerate not knowing and like trial and error, I think is, is huge. Um, a hugely, uh, valuable skill to kind of develop in yourself because it's just, I mean, there's always going to be something you don't know. And I think because things change so fast, especially if we're talking about pretty much everything except, you know, the law and, you know, maybe (laughs) medicine, you know, every other career and industry. And it's just, you got to adapt and you got to kind of like learn on the fly. So, so Kelly, let me, let me ask you how, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people, a lot of people, well, I talk about this too. Like I, I definitely think about the, you know, changing like from job, to then supporting myself with my mm. own business to what would it, what would it feel like if I, you know, wanted a job? Like, were there yeah. like any, like, cause sounds like, you know, kind of like there was some not drifting back and forth in between those worlds kind of pa- always, you know, because the, pr- the products that you created with Pamela were all always available. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, so you were kind of always. It was sort of one foot in both. Yeah. 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 Like mm-hmm. how did, the, did you go through any any like, I don't know, I don't want to say ego based <laughs> stuff, but like, did you like have that feeling? Like an like, identity? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. what does it mean that I have, like, am I have to go get a job or something like that? Right, that right, right. Did that bring up anything for you or? Oh yeah. I remember talking to Pace about this. I was like, am I really an entrepreneur? I have a job. Like I, when I went and worked for Image Think for that year, um, I knew, I mean, I didn't know how I was going to turn out. I was like, maybe I'm going to work for them for 10 years. I have no idea. Like, oh my God, can I still call myself like an entrepreneur? Like this is, I have a paycheck and like, there's going to, there could be a 401k involved. Like this is like (laughs) crazy. But, um, you know, I think it, it wasn't me taking a job out of the fear that I couldn't do something else. You know what I mean? It was like, I was looking to go explore that field and get, you know, the benefit of all, all the benefits of working for them. Um, and the, and the, you know, expertise. And so it's kind of like, if it's a stepping stone, it's a stepping stone. I mean, it's just a, I think this is probably very along the lines of like what Pam Slim talks about with body of work, you know, like maybe sometimes the, the part of the, there's a piece of your life that's more focused on your family or more, more focused on, you know, 
spiritual exploration or something like that. Like it doesn't, there's no, there's no either or really. It's just kind of all part of a mosaic is yeah. how I kind of think of it. So, but I did, it brought up a lot of stuff like, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting a job. It's so I know weird. it's, it's so weird. This is something that, you know, and a lot of uh, like over the past year, I think I've heard different people speak about it and, you know, there seems to be a lot of like shame or something <laughs> yeah. like in this weird way. And like, I, even myself, like it's, it was weird. Like, you know, because you did, you worked uh, on a little mini project with Jonathan too this yeah. past fall. But when I um, started talking to him, which was actually, I started talking to him way like back in the year and it just so happened that the timing was right and everything. But I felt even a certain amount of I'm not joining anybody's team. I have my own business. You know, it's like, com- I'm, it's like commitment phobia. You I'm know? Like, like, I just left. I'm, I'm a strong, uh, you know, whatever. But then I'm like, you know, and that that's not the point. Like, you know, yeah. I wanted to work on this project. There's something about this that I knew that would, you know, have that kind of learning evolution. Mm-hmm. Like it would, it would have some sort of growth effect on me. So, or you know, but- even just like, un- like a lot of times it's just about freeing up bandwidth. Like yeah. I, when I first, when I went full time again for, um, after having been on my own for like three or four years, I felt like I just, I felt like I was on vacation for a little bit because oh you're God. just like, I don't need to think about it. Like I can just not think about it. And it, that was, that was what I needed right then also. In addition, you know, like you, and I, I can't, it's killing me. I picked up this book on like creative rituals or something the other day. And I forget the writer that they were citing, but I have a feeling that there's like 10 that meet this description, 10 famous, like epic writers, which had like day jobs for their entire lives. Like, you know, 60 years of like working at a post office or something, because it allowed them to just do whatever the heck they wanted, like Mm -hmm. in their, you know, like you didn't, it wasn't an issue. It's like they could just purely create their art. And I don't know that everybody wants that model, but I just don't think you should knock it if that's, how it works for you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, uh, you, I, you know, working, working with LKR, which was a job, even right. though I was, you know, tied to it and it was very busy, it did allow me that, you know, mental space to not worry yeah. about, you know, you yeah. know, a launch that was going to either, you know, I was going to lose my house or something sure. like that. You know, I didn't have to totally. think about that stuff. So I can, so when I, sometimes I do romanticize having like, and like yeah. fantasize about having a job and thinking, <laughs> yeah. wow. Cause my, you know, my husband, he works at Microsoft. He, he works in quotes long hours, but he doesn't, he gets home at six and he's not tweeting and writing yeah. a newsletter he, he or a blog post. Done. You're done. You, know, you go home. It's it. It's like a never ending list with, <laughs> which actually, so since I've, since I am now self-employed again, since August, um, it was great. It was great to have that like hiatus because I was able to come back to self-employment with a much more tangible, this is, I want the division. I want to have weekends and yeah. I'm, and I'm, and I can, I want to be really clear about where work stops. I mean, it's also my business. So I love it. It's fun. It's my baby. I love, you know, checking my email and like getting back to people who are interested and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's, there's a balance to be struck. And I think when I, because it was a due to losing my job, when I first went self-employed, it was a little panicky. And so there was always, I'm never quite like, I just need to save up for the famine kind of feeling. (laughs) And, uh, now it's, I'm a little more mellow and I, I, it was really, it was an interesting difference to like choose self-employment rather than kind of be faced with it. So, yeah, definitely. So, so now, 
you know, you're doing this, you, you're, you're back to having your own mm-hmm. business and, and it's called Kingman Inc with a K. I, I love Kingman it. Kingman I-N-K. I love that. <laughs> I love it. And are you doing like the whole push again with blogging and all of that and, you know, in a different way maybe? Um Honestly, no. <laughs> I know you were already, you already had like your draft, you, you already had like, I remember you telling me something about like writing blog posts. You're like, I'll get around to it or I'll write I, know. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's also part of it. Like I, there's something really interesting. I'm like, I, I totally loved being a hundred percent online, but I didn't love that a hundred percent. Like there's something about what I do now, which is so like, I physically go someplace and I physically draw something on real paper. Like I love that. That was missing a little bit. And, um, I go through cycles with, um, with social media, but the, the type of business that graphic recording is because it's such a small field. I mean, every business is a word of mouth business, but this one really, um, people will see me live at an event or they will like get my name from a friend or something like that. So it's, it's similar, but I don't feel like I need to kind of scatter ideas as You're far and wide. You're not worried about SEO as quite as much. Not <laughs> as much. I mean, sort of, you know, I am, it, it would help, but I also kind of, am, I'm only six months in and, and the fact of the matter is, is that if I get too busy, you know, I don't live in my hometown anymore. Like I'd be on the road constantly, you yeah. know, going from place to place. So I'm kind of trying to figure that out. Um, and, and again, it, you know, small business owners everywhere can relate to finding the time to send the newsletter, et cetera, and, and getting good support. So I'm sort of figuring all that out because I have a lot, I always have ideas and of stuff I want to write. That's never been, my ideas are never my problem. It's like finding the time yeah, and, just, and just get, yeah, just get something out. But, um, but I also am really lucky that I'm building this business on top of the foundation that I did for Sticky Ebooks and Kelly Kingman Media because, I mean, I connections that I made in my quote-unquote previous life have really been relevant and helpful now. So it's like it's not like your social network evaporates after you change careers or right. ev- evolve. Yeah, like you're not – you don't lose your no. identity look or your like label or something right. like – like it. I, I think it definitely changes, but those those are still there. They're still people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, relationships know. are still relationships. I mean, right. it does, and I still have a thread, I guess, of communication and like, you know, definitely content. I mean, just creating more visual content now. Um, so it doesn't feel, it's not like suddenly I'm a molecular biologist, you know, right. I, I don't, right. I'm not going to alienate half the people that follow me on Twitter or something. But yeah, I kind of go through phases and... I'm feeling, um, now for visual buzz, we're definitely, you know, we're, we're coordinating some social media and we don't have like a dedicated blog, but I'm going to be doing some blogging for some guest posts, uh, sprinkling guest posts around, and then maybe doing some guest posting on Pamela's blog. Um, and Pamela, the Pamela we keep referring to is bigbrandsystem.com. Yeah. Pamela, Pamela Wilson. <laughs> the Pamela who shall not the Pamela. be named. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I actually finally got to, um, chat with her, uh, maybe it was like last fall and we had such a good conversation. Like I had only communicated with her through email. So that was really cool to get to chat with her. Um, so would you say that, like, how was it different when you, so you obviously had to create a new entity when you Mm -hmm. decided to take this, your show on the road. Yeah. Yeah. 
How was um, all that? Like, what is you? Did you feel like more comfortable with that process of knowing what to set up and you know how, what you were going to? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think I don't know. <laughs> it's starting things is uh, a, both a blessing and a curse. Like loving to start things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was super streamlined. I think I I felt I felt like such a um, traitor to my uh, online marketing community and pals because I decided not to use WordPress. That was like my biggest thing. I was oh, like, really? What are you using? Yeah. Are you using Squarespace or something? I am. I'm using See, Squarespace. Squarespace is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's easy. It's like I don't have to deal with updates. Like it's fine. Like I went. I was like, what is the quickest? simplest way. So this is my plug. Like, but it, but you know what I mean? It's like everybody mm -hmm. else is in one religion and I'm defecting. And it's like really <laughs> funny because WordPress is just everywhere. And it was like all I ever heard about. And then I was like, you know, I even had an old Squarespace site. I was going to like try and convert over to WordPress. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't care if I pay a monthly fee. I don't care if they host my files. Like, screw it. It's simple. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's easy. So my point there is... There are some people who use it, yeah. by the way. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're not we, totally We'll alone. have a secret club. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, it's just like remove all barriers to like starting your thing, right? Like if that's your... If that's in your way, like I just needed something. I was going to inbound the HubSpot marketing conference and I needed a website up and I didn't... I wanted it to be gorgeous because I'm a design snob sometimes. And then, and I didn't have time to deal with it. So it's like, you know, I just make it easy on, on yourself, I guess. Did you do it all yourself or did you, do you have someone well, helping you or? No, I did it all myself. I mean, it's really drag and drop. Like it's ridiculously simple. As long as you're not like super, super particular about, I mean, they have an incredible amount of flexibility in their templates, but you know, it's not for really granular um, customization probably, unless you get someone to do CSS or something like all of those things, you know, yeah. like, but yeah. So you removed basically all of like the complexity for yourself. You made it yeah. super easy just to kind of walk back in right. and that's, I didn't worry that's about, awesome. I mean, I still have to work out like, you know, because I'm also, I'm working with a different audience. Like that was kind of, this is the learning curve for me now is like, it's, a B2B audience that's interested in, in creating workshops and innovation and creativity and like hosting events and sponsoring events. And so that's different than the online entrepreneur audience I was mostly talking to. There's some overlap, like some consultants um, on, you know, in my tribe online are definitely interested in, in the visual evolution of what I've, you know, what I'm doing now, but it's definitely, um, you know, I have to, I still need to put some thought behind like, are these the kind of people who really want, like, what, what do they sign up for? Do they want to be on a newsletter do, or is it more about getting stuff on SlideShare and like being a little more, um, you know, sideways It's not mm -hmm. necessarily all about the opt-in and that sort of thing. So, so you work mostly at live events. Have you done any, I was just thinking about like webinars and things like that, or, mm -hmm. I mean, to do those, I think, well, you probably would have to be at the location of the presenter still because of the, the lag, lag time that sometimes happens. Oh, interesting. I don't know because there's actually, when you, if you see me draw live, there's a little bit of a lag time because I'm listening, you know, I'm kind of waiting for people to make the main point. Like I don't start drawing the thing they're talking about right away. 
Right. It's like you listen and it's like, okay, what are they leading up to? What's going on? And, you know, so it's not like it's verbatim in any way. Um, so that would, I would love to experiment with webinars. I don't have a technical setup that is super simple for me. Um, because I still love paper. The funny thing is like, it's like the digital tools are a little, there's a little bit of a disconnect from the, from the typical way of drawing. So I would like to try that. I'm actually right now doing, um, and they haven't launched yet, but I'm doing some visual summaries or you can call them sketch notes is another term, excuse me, for a podcast, for someone who's launching a podcast. And it's the Curiosity Cast and probably um, it's for a woman who has a consulting company based in Toronto, um, Curiosity Inc. And she interviews some interesting guests and part of her show notes are going to be these visual summaries of, of the audio. So that'll be fun. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking, um, even like, I don't know, like I, I was trying to think of like the digital tools that you would even need for that, like a Wacom tablet mm-hmm. and like, yeah. you know, that, I mean, I, but I know that probably that even doesn't, maybe that doesn't even feel like the same kind of. It's hard because your hand is doing one thing and you're looking at a screen, you know, yeah. like instead mm-hmm. of looking at the, at the surface that you're right. drawing on. So right. the iPad is great, but you know, every there's pros and cons and the line quality is a little different and you don't have like the friction of the marker on the paper. And I'm like weirdly old school when it comes to my drawing material. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely see how that would be. That would, that would be a learning curve. Just, just kind of like drawing on one surface, seeing Mm -hmm. it on another and trying to figure out (laughs) what was, I don't know. That in itself just seems like it would (laughs) twist my brain up a little bit. So I, I get that. Um, I'm like, Hmm. How can I get this to work on <laughs> webinars? But I haven't, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge webinar person. Usually, mm-hmm. um, I actually prefer just chatting like okay. this as opposed to having to have a visual up. Cause I think it, um, right. sometimes depending on what it is, it can be distracting if it's just words. Um, but oh, well, I, that, yeah. that there's, there's actually a lot of theory behind that. So, and for everyone who's listening, if you're giving a webinar a presentation, and I think this is the whole thing behind presentation Zen is that words, images, like words on a screen mm-hmm. versus words you're hearing, they're competing for, for the same road for to sure. your brain. For so sure. yeah, it's like, you can't listen to, I can't listen to like the news and read, like it's not, mm-hmm. this is, this is dual coding theory is actually what they call it. And so if you have visuals for your webinar or whatever it is, then just have visuals with the occasional word, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would be fun. There's some like live whiteboarding, uh, like cloud-based whiteboarding, like where I could draw and, and you could go to a link and everyone could see at the same time, like what I'm doing on this virtual whiteboard, um, which could be fun if it was mostly images, right? And like not a lot of text. That's right. It's, and it's just like a, it's just another layer of input, sensory input to help encode that information to your brain, which is why, you know, people focus a lot on the drawing that I do and they tend to think of it as artistic, but I think of it mostly as a tool for really clearer communication and like helping people remember things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
interesting that that you make that point because when I, I spoke to this other woman, her name is Karen Sargent. She's a she's kind of I think I call her like instructional designer, but she did mm. it. She did it for the government and for these really high stress courses. That's what I'll, mm. I'll call them. And mm-hmm. everything was about like, what do you, what is that person going to remember when they're in a difficult circumstance? Yeah, like, this yeah. is like one of those, this is one of those tools that could actually right. make sure that th- those key things are remembered in like oh. a very stressful life threatening situation. Right. Absolutely. So, um, and, and, and like when you're creating the courses and this is something that I'm working through now as I totally, um, not redo fearless launching, but redo how it's presented, Mm -hmm. um, is thinking about like, what are people going to, what do I want people to walk away knowing? What's that thing instead of like, Oh, fearless launching was so great. Like I don't want, I want them to think something specific that they take with them. It's like Maslow's pyramid. You instantly have an image of that. Like Mm -hmm. it's just been, it's repetition. It's relevant. It's like has, you know, it's an image. It like has all those things that are just make it stickier. And so like the more there's, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm fascinated by all that, like, um, learning theory and kind of like, especially in multimedia, because a lot of, a lot of what we do, and I'm, you know, definitely going to see this because I'm as a graphic recorder, you know, working with people who, put on meetings, uh, a lot of them are, are becoming virtual, you know, it makes sense, you know, yeah. you have to get people together, but you can't do it physically. So how do you help them engage and keep their attention and make it memorable and all of those things. So, yeah, no, I'm it's... just going to have to get used to the Wacom tablet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will. I think you will over time. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember talking to the concept artists that I used to work with at, um, in video games and they they talked about how for many years they were just doing it on paper it was much right. easier for them and there was a long kind of like like a very gradual curve for them to just get used to it it felt very yeah. foreign at first but it was like a combination of like where they put their their tablets yeah. how they held their pen and then totally. you know and eventually things just kind of connected so um that'll be and interesting I- yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, there's something really still appealing, I think, to a lot of companies about having the actual paper artifact, too, and having it large. Because um, people who haven't seen it, I I draw, you know, for a large event, the, the the board that I'm creating during an hour presentation is four feet by eight feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, like, any, um, do you have any video of that? I forget if you sent me Not something. Not of me doing it. I need to do, I want to have that. That would be that would so be awesome. That I'll, be... I'll look up. I'm sure I can find one of the people who I'm, there's, there's videos of it online, but, um, if I can find a good one, I'll, I'll send it to you so you can link to it so people can see it. But yeah, it's, it's huge. And I, there's something really physical about it and I'm really excited. And this might be my next evolution is to, I'm excited for other people, people who don't really aren't ever going to do this like large in front of an audience to just help us break down that barrier between, you know, just picking up a pen and sketching something out like an idea, you know, like, I think that would be huge. I wish I could do that. I mean, like I have a whiteboard here and I keep looking over at my like uh, dry erase (laughs) marker and going, you know, and I, there is actually a certain weird satisfaction of like writing down stuff on a whiteboard and like Mm -hmm. making arrows and boxes. But I want to go further because I know, because I've seen those and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. Because it just, it's for me, like I'm using drawing, simple drawing as 
as a way to help people understand and remember things. Like I don't think it, think of it as drawing like to, you know, with a capital D to put in a frame, like uh, quick and dirty, like I get better with practice. So my little people look smoother or whatever, but you know, it's not really about how it looks to the rest of the world for most people, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, it can just communicate something to you, but I don't think we're really taught or encouraged to use drawing as a tool for thinking. Yeah. Um, and I think it's huge. So, oh man, you know what we got to do? We got to do like, we have to like get in the same room and then like talk out the launch pro- launching process. Ooh, ooh, oh, we and could then, totally like, do that. I, but we but, could do that. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out after because I have an idea. <laughs> you know we really might, might not have it? to be in the same room. I keep saying what's creepy, but it's not creepy. Mm-hmm. But like, I keep, whenever I think of that, I keep thinking of like writing on the walls and then I keep thinking of that movie with Jeffrey Rush, Quills. But there was like a different, whole different discussion. Wasn't that thing. like about Marquis de Sade or something? I don't know, but I feel like he was writing on the walls, but then my husband said he was writing on with a certain type of uh, natural material, which I did not realize. Um, and I'm like, I need to watch this because that's not my memory of this. I just remember ink all over the wall. I'm like a freak. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so Kelly, where are you, are you going to be somewhere that maybe people can see you sometime in the new year? Oh, that's a good question. Because I super... know that you're doing some, you do some private, like it sounds yeah. like you do like some corporate meetings. Yeah. 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 I was last week I was, um, in a room with a bunch of people from Prudential who were trying to figure out the company's like digital experience and stuff like that. So, um, not exactly like, you know, public consumption. <laughs> exactly. Um, are you going to, um, Pioneer Nation? Oh, Pioneer Nation. No. Um, it's hard for me to schedule like things to go to because I mean, I get like calls like, Hey, can you be in California in a couple weeks and that sort of thing? Right. Um, it's funny how the grass is always greener too. Like I loved, and I definitely mostly still love like this kind of feeling of always going somewhere. But um, I'm starting to kind of be like, well, I can't plan anything in the future. Right. Um, so like, it has trade-offs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm excited in a couple of weeks. It's it's a corporate kind of internal event for some financial company. But um, I'm going to get to, they call it scribing to graphic record Ooh. for um, Dan Pink. Oh, wow. So that'll be fun. That'll be f- super cool. Um, and I've, I've done it like three times for Seth Godin. It's really, it's fun. It's fun to the people you get to meet and like, um, you know, it's just, it's an interesting field, but I don't think I'm going to be anywhere that anyone listening to this will probably want to go. I mean, unless you're really into, um, enterprise software security <laughs> or, well, uh, financial know. services. Yeah. I'm at a, I'm at a lot of corporate stuff. So. Okay. Well, we'll at yeah. least, I mean, we'll at least, um, put your, put your link below here. Some people here though, um, I don't know if you saw content marketing world put together a slide share of the stuff I did for their conference last fall. And like our friends like Sonia Simone and Brian Clark were Mm -hmm. among them. And that could be a cool thing to link to that people might enjoy. I want, I want to. So if you, if you can send me any of those links, I will pop them below. Um, I, I just think this is such an interesting 
<laughs> interesting area that you yeah. flowed into. But you know, like like you said, I think I think for me the reason why this was interesting is because for years I've been the one called out for, oh, what are you doing now? Like somehow uh, it yeah, makes yeah, no yeah. it makes no sense. Like my trajectory is like just so random. When right. in reality it's not. And things happen and it's you not. you you know, you may have had an you may have had a seed of something you wanted to learn or do for a long time and finally you got an opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, so Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, everyone. So if you haven't guessed, I'm a huge fan of going off the beaten path when it comes to entrepreneurship, starting a business, and really living the way I live my life. So I was so excited to talk to Kelly today. Um, If you want to know more about graphic recording and anything that Kelly is up to, really, check the show notes just below. just below here and you can and you can reach out to Kelly directly on her website at kingmaninkink.com um, also some more links below that uh, that Kelly has provided to us so that you can get your feet wet maybe start your own graphic recording of your own um, for your own business um, if you have any questions let us know and let us know what you thought of this episode by going to iTunes or to whatever your favorite podcast player is and leaving us a review or giving us the high five in whatever way that they love to get you to do that whether it's stars or likes or whatever um, thanks so much for listening again and I will see you in a few weeks